All right. So, dude, selling over the phone for 17 years, and now us working with thousands of agents, there's 21, what we're calling uh, prospecting best practices. And so I want to go through each one of them, and I need you to hold me accountable to keeping under a minute to unpack each one of these. But there are 21 things that if people are watching or listening to this conversation that I think will really, really help them get more out of their, their prospecting efforts because we know it's not a debate whether or not prospecting is effective. Right. It's how I prospect that determines the effectiveness. Mm. And so I want to unpack each one of these. So if you guys are watching uh, or listening to this on the podcast, you guys can download this uh, these best practices. I'm going to put a link right under the, the video in the yeah. show notes, and you guys can can grab this this checklist. So let's uh, let's jump into number one. Cool. Let me. I'll guide you through the list, and you'll you'll I'll fire them off. You give your nuggets. Ready? Yeah. So be in a good environment. What does that mean to you? So number one, yeah. So um, to be by yourself, like so many real estate agents are, mm-hmm. I think is very dangerous, and so to do an activity like prospecting that brings a lot of resistance, a lot of rejection. It's very difficult mm. to, to deal with mentally, uh, physically, emotionally, to be with another person to have some shared suffering. Yep. I think there's a lot to be said for that. So being in an environment with other people that are doing that same activity yeah. is key. And not being in an environment where people don't do that. So most of these real estate brokerages across the country mm-hmm. – they don't have anybody prospecting. Yeah. And so when you're the one person prospecting, right. um, you're being judged. Yep. You feel vulnerable. You're yep. like, oh, is this the right thing? You're questioning yourself. So the environment matters. Especially post-COVID, going into the second point is to eliminate potential distractions with people probably still working at home, maybe not always going to the office. How do you do that? Yeah, so um, the thing with distractions, Colton, is that agents want to – they. When, when I when I frame it this way, they say, okay, that's a really good point, and that is this. So distractions, most people believe, are external. Mm-hmm. We have a decision whether or not to accept the distraction or not, right? So the one that you and I hear most often when we coach an agent is, um, you know, well, I've got my client I have to take care of. I've got to service this listing. I've got agents calling me. I've got lenders calling me. I've got title companies calling me. And I say, well, wait a minute their world doesn't revolve around you. They don't know what you have on your schedule. When you respond to the inquiry, I make the argument, Colton, that the agent is the distraction. So how was it that we even saw the text, the phone call, the Mm. email in the first place? And even if you did see it, you responding to that was the distraction, was the urge. And so we have to fight those urges and we have to create a prospecting station that is as distraction-free as possible. Being intentional with putting my phone on do not disturb, putting the computer on do not disturb, um, putting a sign on the door, you know, shutting off apps on your computer, deleting Facebook, not having email open, all of these things is what I mean. Well, and it goes back to what you you and I were just talking about before the show of like, I was asking you, what do you do for fun, this and that? And you're like, dude, I like to work. I like to learn and create. And the way you've been able to do that guilt-free is by setting expectations. So that's another part of that is setting expectations to these people around you. Yeah, that's a really good point with yourself and then with your family and then with your coworkers and with your broker to say, this is the time I'm, I'm working on me. Yeah. And I'm generating business for my future and I'm securing my family's future. Yep. This is an appointment with yourself 
that you need to stick to. Cool. So, all right, let's. I'm going to hammer these next three in a row because they all kind of fit together. Stand up, have a mirror, and play music. Yeah. Tell me about that. All right. Well, standing up. I mean, it's the the motion right of being on your feet uh-huh. will allow you uh, from experience to be more articulate over the phone, mm-hmm. right? So. Even if you're on a video or you're having a conversation and you're walking and you're talking to somebody on the phone, it's easier to get your hands going. I'm a huge talker with my hands. Yeah. And so that emotion allows you, I think, to uh, find the words and then really focus on the delivery of those words better mm-hmm. than if you're sitting down, tired, mm-hmm. sluggish. So mm-hmm. that's number one. Having a mirror, this is massive. So I talked to all of our coaching clients about this. People, when you smile... yeah. When you smile and you're prospecting, that's why they, that old saying, uh, I'm smiling and dialing, yeah. that's where it came from, is when you're smiling, you have better conversations with people over the phone, yeah. and your own internal mental framework yep. is better. So having a mirror to say, oh, you know, when you're looking at yourself and you're not smiling and you're just down, you're like, all right, come on, man, I got to get, yeah. get going. You can't help but when you smile to mm-hmm. feel better. Yeah. So when you feel better, you have better conversations. And then playing music is to again, stimulate, uh, give you the right stimulus from a standpoint of like, I need to feel good so I can take massive action yep. and perform at my highest level because this is a performance-based business, right? Yep. And so this is no different than an athlete or or an artist on, on stage. Yep. This is your on stage and you need to give a world-class performance to yourself yep. so that you can set appointments and build a business. Or even being an actor. you I think you gave the example of Robert uh, Downey Jr. the other day. He was like, he's like, I'm not Iron Man in real life. So like you're on stage, you're t- it's time to perform. You got to show up. To, even if you're an introvert, even if you don't love this, like you got to show up and play that part for the hour, two hours, three hours. That's right. That's right. You don't have to love it. You just have to love what it allows you to yes. achieve. Yes, big time, big time. All right, next one is have a clean tracker on your desk. Yeah, so number six, yeah. Um, so so every day when you start, you should have um, you shouldn't have the tech piece of the tracking involved, right? Because mm-hmm. that can become a distraction. Yes. So rather, what we want to have is a, a paper tracker mm-hmm. that allows you to tally things quickly. Yep. Because we don't want that to be one of the things an agent says. Well, you know, you want me tracking my numbers, so I'm going back and forth with this screen. No, right. just tally it. It's yep. way easier. Yep, and then. Going to the next point, number seven, is having a clean desk. How does that relate? Yeah, so this is, again, creating a world proactively where it is distraction-free and you can stay focused. Because the problem is if you have this file, this problem child, where like uh, a deal you're working on, it's going bad, and the file folder's sitting on your desk, your mind is like just looking at that file the whole time. And so you just need to be dialed in and understand that, Nothing can't be handled in an hour or two. And the way that we do it by chunking out our prospecting Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with, with our contact distribution, um, there's, there's a lot at play here that like, you're going to get a break in 45 minutes and you could do it at that point. So, so you don't need anything on the desk and it will contribute to your focus and your discipline and just being in the moment with every conversation. Yep. And all of that is, I love how you lay this out. That's like pre-prospecting. Now we're getting into the action. So number eight is the actual contact distribution. All right. Let's talk about it. So so contact distribution. What happens, Colton, is, uh, as you know, is that when we create a business plan for, for an agent and we determine that they need to do 20, 25, 30, 35 uh, conversations per day... Yeah to track for their goal, 
sometimes agents get over well most of the time yeah, agents get overwhelmed that. with that and so um i understand that that number can be daunting for some agents so it's we don't do it because it's solving for um well it helps to solve for that that part sure and so what we do is we chunk them down mm-hmm. and we say okay you're not doing 35 conversations. You're doing five conversations with this lead source. Yes. So that's number one, yeah. is to help to unpack or to lower the burden of the amount of conversations we need and create it in a world where it's almost like a checklist yep. to say, okay, I can have five, yeah. and then I, get a, then I get a break. Because all the studies show that when a human knows um, that, the break is in is near mm-hmm. that our focus increases. Mm. So I know if I only have to have this intense activity going for the next 15 to 20 minutes right. and I get a break, I can do that. Yep. But when there's no end in mind right. or there's no end in sight, then I become distracted, yeah. right? It just feels like a grind. It feels like a grind. Yeah. It's it's the, uh, and I'm losing, um, you know what? I have it here. So I don't care about my little timing. Goal. <laughs> uh, there's we'll no, get back on. there's no rush. There's yeah. no rush. This is really, really key thing. Um, let me, let me just bring this up. Uh, Pomodoro effect. That, I was just, th- that was just in okay. my mind when you were talking about that. I was like, should I bring that up or are we yes. going way off track? No, Pomodoro. no, the Pomodoro effect. Yeah. And so like, this is what happens when people, you know, go on vacation. Yeah. It's amazing. You, yeah. you see somebody the day before vacation. It's like, why can't you just behave like this all, all the, the time? time? Yeah. So, so that's half of yeah. it. The other half is to build a uh, is to diversify an agent's business. Markets are ever flowing. They're going up and they're going down all the time. You know, in a in a buyer's market, there's a ton of for sale by owners, a ton of expires. In yeah. a seller's market, there's little expires and for sale by owners. So you have to do more of a circle prospecting approach. Yeah. And so you just want to diversify the lead sources in which you're working so you can market proof your business. And with the That's market the right now, would you say we're kind of at a tipping point of getting to that point? Yes. Uh, yeah, I would agree. Yeah. And so we, we have a, sp- a specific strategy on how we want an agent to distribute mm-hmm. their efforts f- from a lead generation standpoint yep. to make sure that that's in line with the market. Yep. And so number nine, we kind of just talked about that, how we're creating our blocks with the Palmadero effect of, of 15 minutes. You want to touch on that anymore? Or is that? Yeah. Uh, so that's funny. I put that on there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you didn't even notice it yeah, too. Exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think that the point there is for somebody watching this or, or listening to this conversation, mm-hmm that the key, key thing here is that when you can apply this to your prospecting uh, routine, you'll find it a lot easier to get through two, three, three and a half hours of prospecting because it's not three and a half hours. People hear that and they're like, dude, there's no chance I can do that. I agree. Mm-hmm. I can't either. Mm-hmm. What we're talking about is chunking, yeah. time blocking, and using the Pomodoro effect to your advantage. Yep based on the the amount of conversations you have to have per lead. Mm -hmm. And then we just chunk that time out. Mm -hmm. So if you have, let's just say as an example, your contact distribution based on your business plan says, I need to have eight conversations a day with for sale by owners. Well, it's just a lot easier to say that's all I'm focused on right now because there's a block or there's a a break in the schedule Mm -hmm. that I can treat this like a checklist hit my eight conversations. No one has a problem with that. Yeah. And I get a break. Yeah. That's good. Awesome. Going on to number 10, three, two, one, all new leads. And I hear everyone's like, what the heck is a three, two, one? Yeah, I know. So, so this is something we talk a lot about with our coaching clients. So the three, two, one effect, uh, 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 strategy. So here's what it is. 
any new lead that has urgency with it. So I'm talking mainly for new for sale by owners, yeah. new expired listings. This is the fastest way for agents to get new business. Mm -hmm. And the problem is most agents are, they're, they're decent at contacting these people one time. Yes. Making one attempt, I'm sorry, making one attempt Correct. when they enter the marketplace. Mm -hmm. But then when we look at what, what do the top producers do? What does it really take to get these people on the phone or, or, or uh, better yet, be the first voice? Yeah. We talk so much about the importance of being the first interaction with, with these people because everybody knows that's watching this video. Dude, if you're the 20th agent to have a conversation with the FISBO, right. that conversation doesn't go as well as if you were the first agent to have a conversation. Right. Yep. So the 3 two, one strategy is this. What we want an agent to do is to have three outbound call attempts before 11 o'clock to all fresh leads, mm. right? So before 11, you need to have three attempts to every new FISBO you get yep. and every new expired you get. If you don't get that person on the phone, you're sending two text messages before 4 p.m. If you don't get a conversation there, you go knock the door wow. one time before the end of the day. Yep. So this is the three, two, one. If you follow that framework for all new leads, and Colton, an agent prioritizes the uh, actually prioritizes having a conversation with these leads on the first day. Yeah, their appointment, like they could set so many appointments and generate so many leads instead of going wide, yes. going deep. You get you get so much more effectiveness out of like it's the the eighty twenty rule. Like if you focus on that twenty percent, it's going to give you eighty percent of the results. Versus like let's try and do everything for every lead, call them once, maybe twice, and then. So the next day there's new leads. Let's try that again. Yeah. So, so, uh, a little off track, but we'll get sure. right back on it. Promise. It's our, it's our podcast. We'll do what we want. Exactly. Yeah. I, I was talking to one of our coaching clients yesterday and this is, this is my point. He's in Salt Lake city. Mm -hmm. Um, and last year he made $240,000 and we're going through his lead, his contact distribution conversation, mm -hmm. building out a plan. And I said, okay, well, where, where did that business come from? He's like, Brandon, it came from one lead source. I'm like, well, no, but like, where did, he's like, no, just, just for sale by owners. Mm -hmm. He's like, I, I, I took what you're saying and I went super deep okay. and I wanted to master one lead source yeah. before I even did anything else. And people don't really understand deep, not wide. Correct. Like they just don't understand optimization. Yeah. They want to like. Everybody, and myself included, I used to be the same way that like the scarcity mindset of like, it's I got to do, yeah, yeah. FOMO, yeah. thank you. That's yeah. what I'm really looking for. Yeah. And it's like, no, you can optimize what you're doing and right. get way better results without having to do more work. Right. Yeah. And then you just add the next one, get really good at that. Add the next one where you've got three or five that you can go deep on. So you're not spread so thin, but then the flip side of that is in his scenario, just relying on physicals. Obviously he crushed it, but like, let's say that was his business before the market shifted. Well then you're only limited to where the market will, will let you go. And that could be risky if something happens, like it had happened yeah. during COVID, your whole business can fall apart. So that's why you preach. And the last couple of episodes, we've talked about the six kind of uh, pillars of business. That's and right. so it's, it's smart to diversify a bit, but not going too quickly on that with, uh, was it the last episode? I think we talked about the way in which you implement these different sources. And yep. so going deep one at a time, I think is important. Yeah. Well, and, and, and to speak practically about this, mm -hmm. um, what, what I'm talking about here is just imagine yourself for a second, the, the, the average agent 
is doing exactly what you said, which they're on a Vulcan 7 making outbound dials to for sale by owners like everyone else is. Mm-hmm. But imagine if you said to yourself, okay, I'm going to really implement the 321 and maybe even double down on that. Yeah. You're If you got three, because what I hear all the time, what we hear all the time is like, I don't get that many for sale by owners. I don't get that many expireds. Well, yeah, but what if you got two or three a day mm-hmm. and instead of uh, calling them one time, which takes you five minutes, you call them, you text them, you knock their door, you sent them messages on on Instagram, yeah. uh, you sent them out your uh, uh, some piece of direct mail. You you focused on okay. Yes. What if you only had the opportunity, Colton? This was the only lead you were ever going to get. Yeah. What would you do? Yeah. To get in contact with that person, that's essentially what I'm suggesting. Reminded me of uh, someone we look up to and learn a lot from, Alex Ramosi. Yeah. He says, look, if you have one customer for the rest of your business and you have to build your whole business on it, what would you do? Yeah, exactly right. right? You so, would you would really take care of that client. You would treat them so much better yeah. than taking things for granted yep. and not, treating them, not doing as much as you would do yeah. if you knew this is my only opportunity. It's amazing. It's awesome. All yeah. right. Number 11. The boring stuff, right? Here we go. Registering your number with a carrier to avoid spam. Yeah, I mean, this is a massive thing right now. Yep. You know, is is this is becoming more and more common as these phone carriers are getting smarter. Yeah, getting smarter. We have to register our our whatever prospecting number mm-hmm. we use. We have to register that with our carrier. Um, and here's the thing: like getting these, you know, these burner numbers, or these Google Voice numbers, that's not working. They're mm-hmm. instant spam. So we have to either use our cell phone and register this with our carrier, AT&T or Verizon. And once they know that that's your business line, the anti-spam goes away mm-hmm. or get an office line or yeah. a true VoIP number. Yeah. Like you need a, you need a better number and we need to protect that and we have to get it registered. Yeah. It's, it's super relevant. I mean, it's like we hear it every day, every day, every day of spam, I'm spam, I'm spam. So you got to figure it out quickly before it you know, tanks your prospecting. Yeah. Um, okay. Number 12. I lo- and I love this. We talked about this a week or two ago, creating a minimum daily contact standard, even if you've already set an appointment. Yeah. Talk yeah. about that. Yeah. This is massive. So people get this confused all the time. Goals versus standards. Yeah. They just confuse them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they think they're the same, but they are absolutely different. A standard is something that happens no matter, no matter what. what the goal constantly moves, right? So a, conversation standard to me means that no matter what, whatever we commit to based on the goals we've set Mm -hmm. is something that, that must happen come hell or high water. Uh, even if I set an appointment on the first conversation, right. And so this makes sure that you don't have the ebbs and flows, the ups and downs, the roller coaster ride that all these agents deal with is to stay consistent. And no matter what, I'm going to get this many reps in today. Goes back to the law of averages. You could have, you Nailed know, it. two calls, two appointments, but then the next three days you have zero. So you got to keep going through because if you would have kept calling, maybe you got two more appointments and it would balance out for the next couple of days. Yeah, yeah, you, you know? nailed it. I, and I give the analogy of the roulette table all yep. the time. You know, the thing spins 24-7, right? You, you could sit there and watch it. It could hit red four times in a row. Right. That doesn't change the fact that on average, it's going to hit 37.5% of the time. You can't fight it. Can't fight it. So, okay, number 13, focus on closing for an appointment or closing for a follow-up. Okay, this is huge. I did a Facebook Live. I saw that. It was it, really good, yeah. too. So this is just bringing a different level of focus to the activity that we're doing. People are getting lost in when they're prospecting, they quickly get into contactitis, mm-hmm. which is like going through the motions. Like, I'm at the gym. I'm doing the reps. 
but there's no mind muscle uh, uh, focus, right? right. And, and in fitness world, we talk a lot about that. Yeah. And this is the same thing is what is the intention, Colton, when you're, when you're doing the activity? Are you present in the moment? And there should be two focuses mainly. My first focus is how can I position the conversation to set an appointment by mm-hmm. se- by selling the value of the appointment, not me listing the home. Right. That's takeaway number one. And then number two, if an appointment can't be had, then my next priority is to set up a follow-up appointment yeah. rather than uh, surrendering to the, the, the lead follow-up. Like, all right, well, cool. We'll appreciate your time. I'll stay in touch. No, yeah. no that's not a micro-commitment. Right. What we're talking about is is getting a commitment from the prospect on what should happen next mm-hmm. without us forcing it. That's closing for a follow-up. Yeah. So either way, you're setting an appointment. It's either going to go see them or we're going to agree on the next step. Yeah. And I think the reason people don't do that is the next point, number 14, is that they're afraid of this. And what you should do is expect and embrace rejection. Yeah, this is so good. So uh, expectations are everything. Uh, and I really like that saying, especially in our industry. Sure. Yeah. Whether you're working with a seller, a buyer, or yourself, mm-hmm. you know. So prospecting, any type of lead generation, rather, the the idea that you are not going to get rejection is setting yourself up for misery. And so you should expect to hear no all the time. Yep. That's your job. That is the difference. That's what competition is so. That's why competition's so good. That's why it doesn't matter two agents uh, are using the same script or in the same coaching program or doing right. this. It's like, dude, I'm going to compete on uh, between the lines with our skills, yeah. right? So uh, how can you deal with that rejection mentally and then with your skill set, right? And then when we, when we expect it uh, and, and we embrace the rejection and say, okay, I know it's going to happen. I'm expecting it right. to happen. It doesn't affect you as much. And now we can build a skill set around what do I do next? Instead yeah. of saying, I got the rejection. I don't want to do this anymore. Right, right. It makes it so much easier. Not that it's ever going to be easy until you get your skills down packed. But it's <laughs> like when someone says no, you're like, well, of course you don't want to say yeah. Like, it's exactly. Like, well, of course. And then it's just more natural. And it's like your positioning <laughs> is really to help this person. And you're like, of course you don't want to talk to me because you're getting blown up by all these other agents. But let me ask you. And then boom, you're just out of the next Exactly. Day. Yeah. So many people are like, Oh, I just can't deal with like, it's just expectations. Like, dude, they're going to tell you no every time. Yeah. So you have to, it's how you handle that. That will determine your results. Well, it's like, and also going to the gym, it's like, imagine trying to get fit and work out and be like, Oh, this is going to be so much fun. Like I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to feel not sore tomorrow. It's like, no, you need to expect to be sore because exactly. you're going to just talk yourself out of it. The next time you go to the gym and you're sore, like, ah, maybe I don't, maybe this isn't for me. I don't like being sore. And f- and furthermore, yeah. it's like the, that sign of being sore was the evidence that you're doing the right thing. Correct, yeah. So without the pain, it's like, well, I know I'm not making results. Yeah. So that's the argument. The embrace of the rejection means that when you're getting rejected, that you're actually doing the right thing. Yeah, and when you can do that, leads to number 14. Mm. Um, you can, ex- uh, no, 15, sorry. Never take reflex resistance literally. That's right. So the best practice here is to understand, imbr- um, anticipate, expect the prospect to reject you when you make the call yep, or at the door or over text or over email. The same way, Colton, that uh, happens when we walk into a department store. Th- people experience this every day. Yeah, They walk into a department store 
and the person says, hey, welcome, you know, how can we help you? Instinctually, we say, I'm just looking. Yep. Nope, I'm good, I'm just looking. Yep. Two minutes later, we are at the cash register giving that same person money, yeah. although our words just said the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is not literal. And people, real estate agents, are missing so many opportunities, so many appointments, so many leads, because when they call a prospect right. a for sale by owner, they say, hey, dude, I'm just not interested in working with an agent. Well, duh, they're for sale by owner. Yeah. Why are you expecting them to say, oh, thank you so much for calling? Uh, when can we get together? And yeah. when can I list my house with you? And it's funny when, when agents, um, some of our, when people first start working with us and they'll post in the Facebook group, you know, a lot of our analyticals, overthinkers oh, yeah. that we love to, to play with, uh, they'll, they'll, they'll post a screenshot of a FISBO on Zillow that they want to call, but the description says, realtors do not call. And so they say, good. should I should I call this FISBO? It's like, of course. I'm like, didn't they're FISBO. Yeah. They didn't have to put that there for you to know they didn't want to work with a realtor. So it's funny. such a great point. It's so funny. Oh, that's amazing. So All let's right. go on to 16. 16. Oh, and this this is like these three crunched together so perfectly, which is 16. Ask one more question. Yeah. So uh, this is what we call staying in the pocket, yeah. right? So when you start to feel uncomfortable and you get rejected uh, over the phone, your instinct is to say, okay, I want to, I want to retreat. I want to get out of this as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. All that I recommend that I suggest is before you do that, is that you push yourself to ask one more question yeah. that forces you to get in the habit of not accepting the reflex resistance that yeah. prospects give you. And then what you'll find is when you can ask one more question, you can more times than not further their conversation where otherwise you would have just lost the opportunity altogether. Yeah. And, and along that point, something I heard, um, a few years ago from one of the top producers at the previous company I was at, this guy's like a $40 million a year producer. And we had a company meeting and, you know, he's giving advice and something he said stuck with me. And someone was asking about, Oh, but what if I say this? And what if they, you know, end up not working with me? And he said, dude, they're not your client anyway. That's right. So if you're afraid for that rejection, you're afraid to ask that one question, they're already not your client, so what is it going to hurt? Yeah, the o- that's a really good point. And so we see this all the time too with the agents we work with is I don't want to. I don't want to lose. I don't want to lose something, right? Mm-hmm. And you're exactly right. It's like you. It's not yours, All right? Right. And and I'm going to make the argument that by not asking uh-huh. will be the reason you actually don't get, and that the other agent does. And I think part of that too may go along the lines with you know we see all these other agents succeeding and this and that, and it's almost like this unconscious entitlement, like like that I should be able to get this. This should be mine, and so mm. we assume that it's. If I ask this question, I don't get it. I'm entitled to have it, so I'm not going to ask the question. You're letting yourself off the hook. Yeah, You're taking the yeah. shortcut when it's like, no, there's no shortcut. Correct. Because the next agent that calls that has more courage and confidence than yes. you is going to ask, and because of that, they're going to get what they asked for. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Um, all right, number 17, and this goes back to the environment, yeah. so I love this, is always prospect with a partner. Yeah, the, the, the reality is when we talk about statistical probabilities, everything, nothing is binary, mm-hmm. you know, everything is on a spectrum. So what is more likely to occur? Right. You to show up at the gym when you know somebody's meeting you there, yeah. or when you have to just rely on yourself? Mm-hmm. And it's real simple, and so mm-hmm. it's real basic, it's real fundamental, uh, get somebody to do it with you. There's yeah. a lot to be said for shared suffering, yes. but we won't suffer alone. Mm-hmm. And so we'll show up for other people more so than we'll show up for ourselves. Yeah. And so always prospect with a partner. That's great. Um, okay. Number 18, always prospect at the same time. Yeah. 
Start exactly the same time every single day yep. so that it becomes this habit, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, it's just, you know what I thought of just now? It's like we do these things in our lives pretty pretty uh, habitual, you mm-hmm. know? Like people wake up and they uh, brush their teeth and a lot of people take a shit in the morning, yeah. you know? Like, every, every day, same time. Put your pants on right leg first, left leg second. You know, we'll think yeah. about it. So, so you know... Uh, that's like this, yeah. you know, like, yeah. so seven fifty nine mm. was always when I hit the start button on Vulcan seven, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. so as soon as that thing turned eight, I was that first opportunity with the freshest expired mm. in my farm area. And so that's what it has to be. And so when that occurs, you could start to build in some systems around these habits mm-hmm. to make them stick. Yeah. Yep. All right. Um, let's go to number 19, which is have your vision board in front of you. Yeah. Why are you doing this? I mean, listen, we're not going to, we're not going to fluff this. You're going to be in pain. It is going to be difficult. That's why the people that, that make more than a million dollar taxable income, uh, with an outbound prospecting approach are the ones who can do it more consistently. How we can do it more consistently is by keeping the things that prospecting will get you in yep. front of you at all times. Yep. So it's impossible to forget, okay, why am I going through all of this? Yeah. Well, that's why. Yeah. And it could be whatever it is. You know, Everyone's definition of success is different, mm-hmm. but we have to have visually in our prospecting station, Colton, why we are doing what we're doing. And going back to, I think a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the consequence of inaction. Remember the, the bear versus the deer, deer analogy. So in addition to this might be something I've seen a few, I, I'm going to order one myself actually. And it's, you've got your, what you're going towards, which is your vision board. And there's this poster, it's called the 4,000 week poster. And there's 4,000 dots for every week. And you fill in a dot every week. And when you can mm. visually see on the wall, wow, this is how much time I have left. Like, what am I going to do with this time? And every week you fill in a dot. So like when you don't want to do this, when you're looking at your vision and you're, eh, you're not feeling it, but then you look at that poster, it's like, Man, another week's gone. Yeah, it's you know? so strong. Yeah, that that was the study they did where, you know, they had a uh, a calendar on the desk, uh-huh. and uh, the people that had a goal based on how many days they wanted to achieve the goal would would mark a huge red X over mm. each day, and the connection to the the X's like if you drew an X, yeah. and then you got to connect the next X with the uh, other X, yeah. was enough to create a habit Uh and they forgot about the activity. It was more about connecting the X's and that's kind of like that calendar. It goes back to Darren Hardy, you know, one one of your biggest mentors. And I've learned a lot from the the compound effect too. It's like, just it's you want, you want, you don't want to miss a day. No, it's too painful. Yeah. Because when you have like, it's just, we don't need to get into all the science right now, but when, when there's a collective uh, habit forming, Mm -hmm. the thought of breaking it Mm -hmm. is more painful than just doing it. Yep. Um, all right, number 20, we're almost done with this, and it goes back to what we said earlier. Um, don't research leads before you call. The analyticals oh, just absolutely we love struggle you guys. with this. We, we love you guys. We do, we do, but this is just people just getting in their own yeah. way, man. Like, yeah. I just talked to another agent yesterday, and he's like, I prospect for three hours a day, and I can only get three to five contacts. I'm like, you're getting one contact per hour? What's mm. the deal? He's like, well, you know, before I call, I do, you know, a CMA and then I research them and I see when they bought the house and how I'm like, wait a minute, dude, you you yeah. don't need to do any of that. Cause then what happens? You pick up the phone and then they don't answer. Right. Right. We don't, we don't need to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. We need to, because that's just a form of creative avoidance. And so we just need to put forth a 
a consistent uh, effort, um, a concentrated effort, yeah, and let the numbers fall where they may. And it goes to having a lack of skills, too, because the reason you want to do that is because you don't have the skills to have that conversation, so you at least want the data to back you up and be in your corner. So, you know, you're thinking, oh, if I have this data ready and I can give them a good answer, then maybe they'll want to meet with me, whereas if you just have the skills, it'll yeah. avoid that. Yeah. So, all right, last one, and this is big. Uh, don't stop prospecting when you generate a lead. Do your lead follow-up after your prospecting session. Yeah, so when you have your schedule dialed in, and you it's it's kind of going back to the Pomodoro effect, yeah. is like when you have time built in for lead follow-up, lead cleanup, administrative, uh, time to, to, to call people back, mm-hmm. you can compartmentalize what you're doing yeah. without the stress or the guilt, yeah. right? So here's how most people in this industry operate. They start doing one thing, and then the phone dings, and they're off to this thing, oh, yep. and then this guy answers the phone. So, th- I mean, they can't get anything done. Yeah. The the amount of attention to like their attention span is near, um, it's it's like a disorder. I would mm-hmm. call it, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, I always talk to our coaching clients about like, could you imagine a brain surgeon operating like a realtor? Oof. Like they would kill people and they'd be in prison, you know. Yeah. Like they're cutting open a, a brain and they're texting people, taking phone calls, you know, it's just, it'd be ridiculous, <laughs> yeah, right? So yeah. the point is when you generate an opportunity, mm-hmm. what we recommend is that you have a lead sheet, a physical piece of paper, yep. not technology, yep. because you start typing stuff in. You get a and, notification. And even yeah. if you're good, like you are, like you can multitask because you're good with that. But yeah, notifications yeah. pop up and then, and then you're off a rabbit hole, right? Yes. So write down the lead as you're talking mm-hmm. and then after the prospecting session, we recommend you have 30 minutes built into the calendar for what we call lead cleanup. Yep. This is when we are entering the leads into the database, sending out our thank you cards, adding them on Facebook and into our digital farm. Yeah. Yeah. Those are all big, man. Those are those are like like must do. You know, not, not, I don't think anything on this list is like, you know, maybe you could skip this one. I think it's important to kind of start ingraining all of this. Yeah. I mean, so, so download this, you guys print it out, put it on your desk. And these are just the best practices that I have found in nearly two decades of selling over the telephone and working with thousands of people that, um, th- these are the things that they do. And so, uh, hopefully they help download it. You guys could, there's a link right underneath this video. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. It's been real, bro. It's been real. Yep.